Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord. As always, we give you permission to do what you desire. Please make our minds and hearts and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our lives. Lord, illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Last night, I was back home in my hometown and had my graduating class from high school. We had our 20th reunion. So it was a lot of fun. Got to talk to a lot of people I haven't seen in a really long time. And there was this one conversation that really just struck me. It's part of a conversation of a few different people, and it was a, a spouse of one of my classmates was speaking to someone in our class and saying, you know, you are doing what you were made to do. Just telling this person, like, you were doing what you were made to do. And it was really beautiful. It's just like so genuine. And in the context of the conversation and the different things that they were saying, it was very clear what they were communicating is, like, the Lord is manifesting himself in your life because of, of who you are and, and the way that you live that reality and that, that it impacts other people in a really positive way. And I was just, I was like, oh, my gosh. This is so cool because what this person is saying basically to, to this other person, right, is you're, you're living your vocation because you, you are in this space clearly what the Lord created you to do, what the Lord made you to do, and he's manifesting his life and his goodness and his mercy and his glory through you. And it was just the coolest thing. And I thought, okay, sweet, I'm going to use that in my homily tomorrow because... This is Vocation Awareness Week. And for us to be aware of the fact, like it's so important, every single one of us, every single one of us has been created by God with unique vocation, with unique mission to manifest His love, His peace, His glory, and His kingdom here. Like that's the truth. If you were with us, um, this past Friday on All Saints Day or, or the evening before on Thursday, this understanding that God made us to be saints. So whatever, whatever consumes our daily thoughts about like, why am I here? What's going on in my life? Why do I even exist? Like, hopefully you ask that question. Sometimes we go through life so fast and so busy and yada, 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 all the things that we don't ask the big questions and think about the big things like, why am I here? And the real question or one of the, the fundamental answers as to what that question is, like, why am I here? Is because God made me to be a saint. He made me to be in relationship with him and in that way to be configured to Jesus in a unique way to manifest his glory and ultimately to experience the fullness of heaven. And the cool thing is, is that no one, no one has ever been created like you. No one. 
There has never been another you. There has never been another me. And there never will be. And so the way God wants to manifest himself in your life is absolutely unique and absolutely unrepeatable. There is a way, I mean, some people use different analogies, right? That there's a certain song, there's a certain melody that the Lord wants to sing through you that like you're the only instrument that can play that. You're the only one. And so part of our lives is, is in this relationship with the Lord of figuring that out. Like what is that? So that God can speak that reality, that that, that reality can be made manifest in, in our lives through us. And last night, again, it was just this coolest conversation that this person was basically saying, like, hey, you, you found the thing, who God made you to be. And it is so cool that we all get to see it. You know, when we think a lot of times about vocation, sometimes we fall into this, this notion to think, well, vocation is really just about, like, priests or brothers and sisters. But it's really important that all of us recognize that we all have a unique vocation, and that really our personal vocation is before our state in life vocation. So when I say state in life vocation, I mean like priesthood, marriage, religious life, but our personal vocation is that thing that God made me to do, like the person that God made me to be, the unique saint that God made me to be, and he's given me natural gifts for that, and in my baptism, he's given me supernatural gifts for that, and it's in my relationship with him that I discover it. And through living that reality is where I begin to discover what state in life the Lord wants me to live. He wants me to live this personal vocation as a married person, as a religious or consecrated person, or as a priest. Like, we begin to discover that. And how do we discover this unique vocation? Well, Pope Benedict, I, I think his, um, his definition is the best. He says that a, a vocation is the fruit of an intimate dialogue between the Lord and his disciples. You see, the vocation is the fruit of an intimate dialogue between the Lord and his disciples. Why? Because a vocation is a call. And a call requires what? When, you, when you're calling someone, what does it require outside of a phone? Two people. Right? You don't call yourself, hey, what's up? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm glad. You call someone else, there's a conversation that's there. It's two people. And so this vocation is really like the Lord calling us. And our vocation, when we live it, it's a response of love to God's call for us. That that's what it is. Like, oh, Lord, you have loved me so much. I experienced this reality. And I want to give my life back to you in return in this particular way. And then as we discover that, as we begin to live that, then, then the Lord can direct us along like our state in life vocation, married life, consecrated life, priesthood. And the truth is that most people are called to marriage. That's just percentage-wise, the vast majority of people are called to marriage. And, and that vocation, we've spoken in homilies before, is so beautiful, so sacred, so amazing. To manifest this relationship, a sacramental reality to manifest the relationship between God and us. If you look at scripture, the most used analogy for the Lord to describe his relationship with us is one of marriage. That God speaks of himself as the bridegroom and, and us, the church, as the bride. And the Lord wants to be united to us in this profound way. 
So marriage manifests that. It also manifests the, the reality, like it's an image of the inner life of the Trinity. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, this divine family. And so the family life is a sacramental sign of that, a sacramental reality of that. The consecrated life, what is that? The Lord is calling a particular person to make a vow of poverty, chastity, obedience in a unique way to love him and to love his people there. We see the Franciscans, the Benedictines, I mean, you, just, you just name it. There are tons of religious orders that it is. And the priesthood. I'm going to speak a, a little bit more about the priesthood, which, to be completely honest, is like awkward for me, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm talking about myself, you know? Kind of awkward just to, to throw that out there. Um, but I want to speak about it because it, partly because it's part of my job. Like, I have another job as vocation director. Um, and particularly in cultivating a reality, like, what is the priesthood? Like many times we have this notion that it's like, it's like just a job that someone decides to do. Like, hey, I'm going to do this, go to school to be a priest. And, and it's, it's cool. We learn a lot of things. But at the heart of the priesthood is that it is a sacrament. That we, uh, you go to seminary, you get a, an undergraduate degree in philosophy, you get a graduate degree in theology. And so we graduate from seminary and it's cool. Um, but ultimately, at the heart of the priesthood is ordination. What happens at ordination, if we look in the scriptures, the St. Paul will be talking about uh, passing on, right, this, the, priest, the priestly character, right, laying on of hands and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in that prayer. And so what happens at ordination is that through the, the prayers of the bishop, the Holy Spirit comes and he configures the man's soul in persona Christi Capitis. That there is what the church calls an ontological change to the soul of the man so that he is configured to Jesus in that particular way and has, has been given this grace and this gift of what the church calls a sacra potestas, a sacred power. So that when like I'm up here or any other priest is up here and saying the words of the prayers of mass, it's not just a ritual that because of, of what the Lord has done in, in my soul, not because I'm cool, not because I'm real holy, not because I'm worthy of it, because this is what the Lord decided he wanted me to do, that, that when those words are spoken, that the Holy Spirit comes and bread and wine becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. That the sacrifice of the Holy Mass is made present. And when folks come into the confessional, right, and confess their sins, and, and, the, and the priest says, I absolve you from your sin, like they're gone. Jesus is the one who forgives. Is Jesus the one who celebrates the Mass? Is Jesus who proclaims the Word, right? All of these different things. But it is because the priest has been given this sacrament, who has received this sacrapotestus, that it's, a, it's efficacious. And he stands in the person of Christ, the head, that we're gathered together as the whole body of Christ, the whole body of Christ, praying and offering ourselves to the Father together in this amazing gift. And, and living our lives, hopefully, right, we live our lives in such a way what Jesus says that the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And the darn truth is that I'm an imperfect, sinful man. Truth. And every day when I'm getting up here and I'm preaching, I'm like, Lord, seriously? You could find someone much better. Celebrating my whatever it is, like, Lord, this is someone much better, right? 
and it's the truth. I mean, we, we, we're, we're in a, a time in which we're, again, reminded of, re, last year, reminded of terrible sin in the priesthood, in the episcopacy. Um, but the power of the grace of the sacrament is not lost. The power and the grace of that, of the reality of the beauty of the priesthood is not lost. And it's something for us I think is important. We need to continue to pray for our current priests, me, please, and all of us, intercede for our sanctification, pray for more men to say yes uh, to the priesthood, it's because without the, the priest, there's no Eucharist. And Eucharist is the source and the summit of the church. Without the priest, that doesn't exist. And we need this grace. It's a source and summit of the church. And this is not, again, about being better or those things. It's about discovering what the Lord, what the Lord has called and created us to do. What, that's what we want to do. That's what we want the Lord to do because it's, it's going to bring us to that space in our life where people can say about us what this, this guy was saying about my classmate last night. Like, man, you are doing what you were made to do. And the Lord is manifesting himself in your life in such a powerful way. This morning I had a conversation with a, a father, and he was telling me about his family, about his children. And I'm thinking to myself, man, you were doing what you were made to do. Like you were loving those kids in such a powerful way. It's amazing. It's holy. It's beautiful. So I, I want us all to like, continue to pray, whether we're, we're older and we're living our state in life vocation or whether, whether we're not. Like, Lord, what have you asked of me? And it's, it's important that this daily prayer, this intimate dialogue with the Lord where we discover who we are in Christ and to begin to manifest this, that we can become that saint that he's calling us to be. And so daily prayer is essential. I put out as well, if you are someone who's still like trying to figure out what your vocation is and what the Lord wants, there's some... I don't have a ton of them out there, but there's little pamphlets about using Ignatian principles to discover what God's asking you to do. And on the, in the back, there's a reference to the book that it comes from, Discerning God's Will by Father Timothy Gallagher. This right here is awesome. Simple, beautiful, amazing truth. So take all of them. I'll get some more. So good. Um, praying this. So today... Let us be reminded that we are all called by God to unique vocation, this personal vocation. And as we live that reality, the Lord's going to call us to a state in life vocation. But it's really all centered in this one thing, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with the Father, our relationship with the Holy Spirit who, who leads us along this path. And then as we live that imperfectly but cooperating with the Lord's grace, then people will see God's glory and his mercy and his goodness being manifested in our life. And they'll say about us, man, you are doing what the Lord made you to do. And it is beautiful. And it is inspiring. And it draws me to want to love him more.